Welcome to Shocking Things. This is John, and I have my brother and also the co-host of Starpod Log and Starpod Trek, Nayar. How you doing, Nayar? Doing great. Excited. Talk about Star Trek, right? So you're always excited when you talk about Star Trek. Exactly. Especially this is Star Trek, the motion picture we're going to talk about. But not exactly the original version. A little bit the original i'm going to ask you since you're i'd say you're the expert on this and you have experience from seeing this firsthand the new director's edition so the original version of star trek the motion picture was released on december 8th 1979 and this new director's edition was released on paramount plus on april 5th 2022 that's it and it's gonna be we, leaving august 31st too so if you're gonna watch it this is uh paramount plus it's on now so you better watch it now right exactly Exactly. It's it's interesting. I'm glad that you called it the director's edition, because when I met Darren Doctorman, who is one of the men responsible for re-editing this film, he said he cringes when people call it the director's cut. And I think just out of habit, a lot of us, when we call something a director's edition, sometimes we might loosely call it the director's cut as well. It's ingrained in our brains throughout the years. That's why. Richard Donner cut. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of versions that, that we say that. And the re- reason why they call it the director's edition and they don't like the word cut is because they did not cut things. They actually added things. They found footage. And when you, I mean, just try and process that in your brain. That over 40 years now, and they're finding missing pieces to this film. It is crazy. Definitely. <laughs> As Spock would say, it's fascinating. Yeah, and, and, and at first, because uh, I got a chance to see my wife and I, David C. Fine, who is another one who is responsible for this edition. We got Scott Seaman, Chicago, and when he was talking about details of it, and it's it's crazy to think that this is viewed, the original Star Trek The Motion Picture is viewed as the only motion picture ever to be released unfinished. Hmm. So the edition that we saw originally in the movie theaters, because we saw it when it first came out when we were kids, was a bit different than the original premiere. The original premiere... That was a red carpet event, and shortly thereafter, 
had missing scenes. Like, can you imagine releasing a movie with missing scenes? And then as it started getting to the public by late 1979, early 1980, they were scrambling to get more scenes in. Like, what movie does that? What movie continues to edit as it's already been released to the public? Uh, George Lucas. With, uh, <laughs> that's about it with his uh, newer versions when he, was, when he was doing those, right? That's about it. Uh, but, but those were those were conscience. I know, conscience I know. Re- re- edits. I mean, this is like, they were missing... The, the most infamous scene that that they screwed up on is if if you look it up online there's a scene of kirk leaving in his spacesuit and you can see the 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 wood beams around it you can see that it's a it's a it's in the studio they didn't edit a green screen in there to make it look like he's coming off a ship or anything. So can you imagine being part of those original releases, seeing it opening and saying, wait a second, <laughs> this thing is, there. there's wood beams here. This is, it's taking me out of Star Trek. It's showing me that this is all fake. Like, that how does that, it. how does that, the question is, how does that happen? And the answer is, they set the date before they did the, the figure out how long it would take to make this movie. So right off the bat, that's a mess. Yeah, so now when you saw this in Chicago, so you saw this in April, right? Uh, Star Trek Mission Chicago. Yes, David C. Fine uh, gave a presentation, and it's, it's amazing. And he clarified, he said, look, this is, which I thought it would be, because this is not the studio, just trying to get Star Trek fans dollars again by... Mm-hmm tweaking a couple things and he was responsible for the director's edition that that came out some years previously they did clean this up some years ago this is the final 4k version so previously when darren dockterman and david fine and his team they re-edited everything director robert wise was available and robert wise was involved in saying look if i had the time i had the budget to redo things this is how I would have done it. So they did everything with his direction. Now that they found more of the footage and more of the audio, they're able to insert scenes, insert audio in places that when, when we watch it with a group of friends, and, and we've all seen it before, when we do rewatches at our house, we have a rule. You could talk during the movie because we've seen it before and he just blurted out he goes this movie makes so much more sense now think about it if you start if you start taking scenes out of a movie at critical points the movie's going to be disjointed i i agree like this version's it's really it's it's amazing how much better it is now and how it was uh you didn't realize you kind of just figured, like, okay, this is what the director's his vision was, and that wasn't. This what is the purest. Was. That's how they say it. This is the purest direction of of the of Robert Wise of what they wanted to do. If they didn't have that hard December date in 1979, they I, they wanted they were toying with they we would like to have it March of 1980, just a couple more months to get things in order. So, so what was your reaction when you saw it? Because I know you're a big motion picture fan. If nobody well, told you that this is a re-edit, they just said this is cleaned up, uh, would no, you walk yeah, away with a different it, experience? Oh, it, it's it's amazing, like, how much different it is. It just, 
uh, everything about it. It's very, very different. I mean, it's obviously not everything, but just the colors and just the, the audio at times. I, I definitely, it's a more complete film. Yes. They did say they did change something, and they felt that, because they didn't want to change anything. Uh, we interviewed Darren Docterman, and he said we did not want to Lucasfy it. It's, a, it's almost funny that in the world of film, a lot of people view George Lucas as an idiot for redoing <laughs> his movie. Like, they just, how do you do something like that, right? How do you take something iconic and just say, ah, I just want to change it? They did not want to do that. Instead, and they said, we could have. We could have inserted scenes to make it connect with other Star Trek series. We could have done a lot. They did not want to. But they did change the opening. If you notice, the, the opening logo. They mm -hmm. wanted the yeah. opening logo just to be more cohesive with the rest of the Star Trek movies. Okay. And I think that actually makes sense because the original one is just bland of the era. They just didn't. They it just didn't think. They didn't think uh, that this would be g going on decades later. Definitely. Is it me or the Klingon ships look just more cleaned up? Everything was cleaned up. Yeah, I, they didn't adjust anything. They didn't reshoot anything. They just cleaned it up. And, yeah, and, the, and it, it's long overdue for that. It's like that's what it's almost like seeing a new film because you could see detail on things I couldn't see before. It was so muddy before. And was there anything now when you now you saw this also? Did you see the film, this director's edition in Chicago at the convention? Was no, they had it, it, it's funny you say that because we were toying with the idea of watching it. They had it in the big theater there, but we already had dinner plans with friends. Okay. And we just said, you know what, we're gonna watch it when we go home. Uh, they gave us some movie posters as promos, which, which was great. Which, uh, I, I, that's one of the things that I like about when conventions give you bonus things. So even though we didn't sit there for the, the viewing as a group, they still gave us movie posters. So when we came home, because we said we want to watch it with our own group of friends. Mm -hmm. And so we stayed for the presentation, but not the, not the actual showing. By the time we got back for dinner, we watched the last, like, 10 minutes of it okay but i i think to me the big deal was hearing from people behind the scenes and the care and love that went into it uh here's yeah. here's a detail he said you're not going to notice it unless you look for it but it, it goes back to they didn't have time to edit it properly there's a scene where spock makes a comment and it cuts over to kirk listening to that comment and he re reclines back in his chair. Okay. Now, that was an improper editing. Originally, it was supposed to be Spock makes a comment, and then Kirk leans forward in his chair. So, this edition, because he's going to be listening intently to Spock. Why would Spock speak and then Kirk just lean back? Okay. It's one of those little details, they said, that makes the story make more sense. It... It makes it flow better, and so we looked for it, and we're like, "Holy cow!" It does just some <laughs> just a little detail like that. But they went over everything with a fine tooth comb, and and I have to say, I this is the definitive edition. And they made clear they said there's not going to be any other editions because this is it. This is all the footage they found. All the footage left, and 
realistically, the footage is more audio than video. It's minor, but all these minor details make the story flow. Now, here it is. Like I said, you saw a presentation. Uh, I've only seen this version twice. What? And I didn't really do a side-by-side comparison. What are the biggest differences? Like, you named some of them. What are some other differences that you can say that really stand out from the original theatrical Mm -hmm. release in this? Uh, a, a lot of it is the audio. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you go onto the bridge in the original version, it's a lot of dead space as opposed to background sounds. Okay. So as the fans sitting there in the theater or watching the original version, it does come across as boring. You have dead space. <laughs> yeah. You have no, you have like no you have people talking with nothing surrounding giving you atmosphere they had to redo that video wise they had to bring out here's one of the things is that there was never color correction on the original one so color correction means that you're adjusting the tones the tones were supposed to these uniforms as much as we say that they're dead they're boring it's because of the fact that there was never a color correction how do you release a movie with entire scenes without color correction, with everything is just flushed one color? If you watch this version, they went back and took the time to correct the colors. So now you see the uniforms actually don't look all drab. They do have distinctive yeah. tones, and they stand out to the background. The background colors they did not have everything operating to the way it should be so if you look at spock's council not all the lights are going on not everything is active this is all things that need to be color corrected uh, in in the final edit in which they were to do so now the bridge looks vibrant it looks like it's working it looks like there's action and you hear the sounds around you so you know that there's everything is going on just like the original series as soon as you hear those beeps and sounds in the original series, you know you're on the bridge. The motion picture now has that feel to it. Now, there's a lot of firsts for this. Now, we have the first time we see this new look for the Klingons, right? The first time we hear the Klingon right. language. Mark, uh, Mark Leonard. We... Mark Leonard. This is the third alien he's portrayed in Star Trek. And at that time was unbelievable. One actor playing three different aliens. Yes, I have to say, you just did an episode on Starpod Trek when you interviewed people uh, about that in the Klingon Assault group. And it, it's one of those things you just forget about, that he he was a Klingon, because nobody talks about that. Even Mark Leonard, you said, just never talked about it. It was just it's always Sarek is 90% of the time what he talks about, right? Then playing That's the right. Romulan. And this never gets brought up, it seems, for whatever reason. It, it is very odd. The, the first time we ever hear the Klingon language, and that was those, all that was developed by Jimmy Doohan. Isn't that amazing? Scotty is amazing. developed amazing. all that, and they did it on the fly. Here's the funny thing about this movie is, as much as they brag about how big the budget was, the bulk of the budget was, they had to roll that into what was phase two. There was a TV series that was going to come out before this. So all that money that they spent on Zahn, all these other actors, all this production involved with this series that was canceled, got rolled into the motion picture. So the motion picture was not an expensive movie in itself, but they had to pay. Someone had to pay for all. Yes. 
You know, ain't, nothing's free. Exactly. Nothing is free. Anytime somebody gets free checks, anytime any somehow, some way, someone's going to pay for it down the road. And that's what happened <laughs> with this movie. Yes. Uh, you're right on that. Uh, first time we see butterfly collars, right, in Star Trek, right? Is that the first time we see it on the uniform? Interesting, isn't shirt? it? First time we see giant belt buckles. Uh, first time we see Scotty with a mustache, right? Spock with yep. long hair. Is that the first time also? Uhura with an afro. Uh, McCoy with a ZZ Top beard. That's right, and his are, big disc, his big disco medallion. Yes, <laughs> these are a lot of, lot of, lot of firsts. Um, so yeah, now that's now with the film. Uh, also, there's also merchandise, and you and I, we were kids when this came out. You were, I was five, you were six, right? When this came out, we wanted everything like, Star Trek, though. We wanted every single. If it was Star Trek, really, we want that Star Trek. We want it, right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And I, and as, as a kid, I don't know about you, I didn't know exactly what was going on. I didn't completely understand what V'ger no, was. of course not. Kid. I, I'm just watching. I was just mesmerized by the visuals. Of course. You know, and yeah, these are people. These are people that you see on TV every night, and they're on. The, this has never been done before. Yes. Yeah, so There's never been. You, know, you might look at the Batman movie. That Batman movie was filmed at the same time. And it was not, you know, I mean, it, it, it was it was not made to be a an extension of the universe. This is the first time something was planned to say we are going to bring back a cast at a different time, and we're going to show them grow. As yeah, a kid, you, as a kid, you can't appreciate that. You know, our father appreciated that. As a kid, you're just like, wow, they're on TV and they're on the movies, and there's more stuff to buy. Yeah, we didn't completely understand because we were too young. But yeah, the show was off the air for what ten years by the time this came out. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's progression. Explained a lot of things. The film how he's uh, Admiral Kirk, right? So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of differences. Uh, also, uh, she's an MD now, Chapel, not Nurse Chapel anymore. That's right. You see advancement, check off, so, raising so, up in rank. And in even Spock, you know, this is very introspective of his internal struggles. This is one of the movies you watch it as an adult, and it's it's an incredible movie. When you watch it as a kid, it for the longest time I didn't rewatch it when it came on TV. I was like, ah, this sucks. I want to watch <laughs> I want to watch. You know, what I mean the other movies, but as an adult, I have just such an affinity for this. You have to pay attention. You can't put this on as background noise and do things around the house. You have to pay attention to this film or you can't appreciate it. Like, you know what's, you know what's have- crazy? Okay, here's another change in this. Is that the transporter scene in this movie is the original transporter scene with the horrifying sounds of somebody dying. The original version was muted down. Because oh, it had okay, a G, okay. it had a G rating. The original, gotcha. think about this. The original Star Trek: The Motion Picture was rated G. How crazy yeah. is that? Yeah. You have a movie, and somehow it got by the censors. You have a movie with a woman walking on the bridge saying, "I'm celibate." What kind of yeah. G movie has has an announcement like that? <laughs> yeah, the oath of celibacy. Yeah, the Commander Sonak. That's the one who dies, right? The that's right. Yeah, I like how they explained how Kirk wanted another Vulcan, so that's how you got Spock to come on. Exactly. 
the merchandise. So what was growing up, what was your favorite pieces of merchandise besides the Ilea shirts? Besides, well, Nair and I both had matching Ilea shirts because every kid had baby blue Ilea shirts in 1979, didn't they? Matching, matching. It's amazing how that photo has gone viral. It pops up in various places. Like people apparently scrounge the internet looking for random Star Trek the motion picture things. And I laugh when I see that come up. That's funny. Um, Yeah, I contacted one guy and said, boy, wouldn't you like to to know those kids? And, And he responded back saying, yeah, I wonder what they'd have to say. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> but here, here's here's the, the, I mean, it was the action figures for us and that bridge. Yeah, I think yeah. every kid in the seventies and early eighties had these planks of wood with these uh, arms that went into the wall, and you displayed things on it, whether it be trophies, whether it be toys. We had that thing for years and years and years on our shelving in our bedroom as a display. The under yeah. the Mego Enterprise. Yeah, the three three quarter inch figures and the Enterprise that went along with it. We never had the twelve and a half inch ones, but we had all of the. So we had Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Decker, Ali, and Scotty. Never mm-hmm. had the aliens. Couldn't find them. Are, and then we kept looking around. Then we realized you couldn't get them on the card in the United States. They're only available pretty much what Canada and other countries. You can only. Find them J.C. Penney's catalog sold in the, these three. The packs. brilliant minds at Mego. Yes, yeah, they they dropped the ball changed, on that. Of yeah, we, we dropped the, we dropped the they dropped the ball on that because we're looking all over. Oh boy, yeah, never had the. Did they ever tell you the story? How I was with mom, and I really wanted the Spock twelve and a half inch Mego. We saw the mm-hmm. Sears, and uh, uh-huh. I forgot what town it was, wherever it was, Orange or Milford. And she's like, that's too much money. Because retail back then was very expensive for the 12-inch figures. Yeah. So that, so I ended up getting uh, a Luke Skywalker uh, off figure instead because of the price difference. <laughs> that's the reason yeah. why. Yeah. But, but yeah, all the aliens. What's that, right? The yeah. trading cards. Trading cards. Love the trading cards. Love looking at the trading cards. With the, the only issue, though, we have with the, the motion picture and the toys and the trading cards, you see all these cool-looking aliens like you saw in Star Wars and the Cantina, and you barely, you barely, if you blink. Where are they in the movie? I don't see them. I, 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 I have, because I, 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 I know you love it when I do this, 29-minute mark, 22nd, you can see two aliens. Oh, uh, no, 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 you're wrong there. It's at the 19 second, but go okay, ahead. And, and 31 minute, <laughs> 14 you see the Belgusian, right? Okay, that's yeah, one of the get... things. It's funny you say that, but when you look at that scene, that whole scene has been clarified to the point where you can see details of people 20 rows back. Yeah, we have, we have a big screen. Yeah, we have a big screen. And that's we, why I noticed yeah. this. Oh, it's amazing how they didn't put the enough aliens in there. Yes. Yeah, you can see the Zeronite is one of them. So if you really look, and there's other aliens you couldn't even tell before, but when they cleaned it up, it's like, oh, wow, there's some other, this female that's, I don't even know how to describe mm-hmm. her, almost looks like this vampire zombie yep. with a, next to like a Native American woman. That's right. So, you could see that. Yep. Yeah, so it's really, really amazing. So. I just wish you could see more of the aliens. Like you said, the, the action figures. Yeah, they made the action figures and the, the trading cards, but unfortunately you couldn't see them. 
the comic Barely. book series. Marvel yes. had comic books of the motion picture, uh, which was really weird. We interviewed Jim Shooter, and he said when they discussed with Paramount, they didn't go over the fine print of the contract. And it was after they signed the contract, Marvel realized that they couldn't use anything from the TV series. And they said, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do now? We just yeah. we're they were limited to using things of the motion picture. Interesting. Do you know how finite that is? Yeah, yeah I think that's... if you're creative, you could do a lot with it. But still, they were planning on doing a whole bunch of things like bringing back Harry Mudd. And it's just yeah. they couldn't make they couldn't do anything with Tribbles. They couldn't do so. Uh, but but they had a Star Trek comic book series. They were really pushing merchandising towards kids a lot. Do you remember Dynamite Magazine, Super Mag, Bananas? Yes. Yeah, no, we had we had was. that stuff. Do you remember? I mean, it was just yeah. it was it was exciting time to be a Star Trek fan if you were wow. a kid because they were gearing everything to kids. Uh, you and I at the time, I think you had one friend, Matthew Elliott. Nobody else seemed to care about this but us. <laughs> Everybody else. Yeah, this kid was just mode. This kid loved Star Trek. I went to his house. It's the first time I ever saw this. He had a Star Trek refit model kit, and I was like, "Damn, I like this. <laughs> I want this thing." Yeah, the, the the whole modeling universe was you know, just a lot of the modern modelers now who are into Star Trek credit this era of revamping interest in Star Trek because in the 60s they had the AMT kits, but once the refit Enterprise came out, everyone's mind started shifting saying, well, wow, you can now advance the look of ships. The, the the shuttlecraft. Remember Mr. Spock's shuttle? What a beautiful model kit that is. I mean, my wife still has the model that model kit of that her brother made. Uh, I mean they, they stand the test of time. If you feel them, they're sturdy. Yeah. They're 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 so well constructed. And it, it was an amazing time to be a Star Trek fan. Because you had didn't you have the did you have the Enterprise A at one point? Absolutely. Or, yeah, yeah. That. Well, we had the Enterprise A. If you remember, it was hanging off the shelf. I had it hanging on fishing wire. Okay. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So it looked like it was floating in space. Yes. Now, that was all. Awesome. It was very, it was sturdy. It definitely wasn't cheaply made at all. It lasted a long time because some model kits, it just, it was so flimsy. But that, but that yeah. thing just, just had it. it. It had that nice balance of, being light enough where it was mobile, where you can, it wasn't resin, so I mean, so it wasn't, but it was sturdy enough that it held up. Whereas the AMT ones were, were pretty lightweight. The early, the early ones. Yeah, definitely. The um, bean bags. I just found out there were motion picture bean bags. I saw one at a convention. I mean, what a random weird thing to have an Uhura and Ilea bean bag to sit yeah. on. That would be awesome. I wish we had that as a kid. I just saw a picture of uh, pajamas. Star Trek the motion picture pajamas that were available. What about the uh, costumes? Yes. For Halloween. Yes. Yeah. No. They they actually had a Klingon. I know, right? From the the motion picture. It was like bright. It was like fluorescent, like yellow so, and pink. Yes. The, uh, the it's a crazy look. It, yeah, they're, they're incredible looking. Uh, I think Collegeville made those. I don't think those were Ben Cooper. I think those were Collegeville that made those. Uh -huh. uh, the, the Knickerbocker plush dolls with the the plastic. That's heads. right. Those were. Uh, 
I had the Kirk, if you remember that. Right. That yes, 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 yes. Because you were collecting anything William Shatner. Yes, at one point. Right. Yeah, I was getting... I had the you had your Shatner me. shine? Yeah, it was getting a little too ridiculous at one point, so I sold a lot of that stuff off. <laughs> but uh, Another thing that I think was groundbreaking for the motion pictures is that they were trying to move the technology of Trek forward. Now, looking back at it, it wasn't that great of an idea. I mean, we make fun of those belt buckles, but yes. those belt buckles were actually bio units that they were if you had a medical problem it would send information back to sick bay and they were able to find you and they would be able to diagnose you from sick bay they didn't they just didn't have enough time to explain all yeah, that which is a shame yeah. but if it, this was the there was an idea of that they would go on to another tv series even after this movie how crazy would that be instead of going into more motion pictures but have another TV series after the movie? Yeah, it'd be totally different. The they could explain of- all this stuff. But you know what? That's that type of technology we have today. You know, how many people have these medical bracelets? If you fall, It's an Apple Watch. You fall in the woods, it will send medical help. It will find you. But this, this was going to be on a belt. The, the communicators, they felt that it would update a communicator if you had it on your wrist. But then they realized... It's iconic. People in Star Trek want to see the flip, so they had to go back True. to the flip for Star True. Trek Two. But I mean, at least they were trying. They were trying to make the technology yeah. go forward, um, not not revamp just for the sake of revamping. But they were saying, in real world, what would happen in ten years? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And McDonald's promotion. You loved the Happy Meals, correct? When you were a youngster. Did did I like that uh, those. Patches, we yeah, got iron on, right? Iron yes. on, like yeah, yeah. iron on. Yeah. That's the one thing I would remember. Little yeah. iron ons for little kids size t-shirts. If you're an adult, it'd be really, really tiny, right? You try to put that on. That's right. They also had some rings. We actually have a ring in our collection. But Star Trek: The Motion Picture Collecting is so much fun because there's there's a variety. The bulk of it is kid stuff, but it's one of those things that I think they were they were hard pressed to figure out what the audience is for this movie. The movie's rated G, so obviously they wanted kids. The material and the way it's paced is made for adults. I mean, we have a Playboy magazine that features all about Star Trek The Motion Picture. What? It's just, yeah. who is this movie made for? It, it is, yeah, because the conventions were uh, big at the time, too, right? They're, they're coming right. out to Star Trek, and they're all adults, obviously, going to that. So it's yeah, it was really strange. And then they also for merchandise was it Grenadier made liquor decanters a Spock. Good point. Oh, you days. know, I never had that, and it's one of those things I kind of always wanted. Yeah. Do you have that in your collection? No. Or have you it's ever? Another, it's another one. I always said I'd see it at conventions. Like ah, I'll get this eventually, and I never did. So yeah, eventually I, I got. It's really sharp looking. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely so. That definitely wasn't marketed towards kids. No, I think that they were, but it was like they geared a lot of the marketing to real little kids or adults. Yeah, they missed the mark on teenagers. Definitely, definitely. But if you have, let me just say, if if your listeners have not seen the new director's edition 4K, and you say, "Ah, I'm not a big fan of it, I'm not. It's a. It literally is a different movie, because it's this. What should have happened? So if you ever wonder what would happen if if this was a 
fully released, fully properly edited movie, this is it. It had took it forty years to do it, but it's worth it's worth the wait. It is, and like I said, but it is. It's a slow burn, you know. It's not. It's not the wrath of Khan. You have to understand that. So don't uh, want it to be. No, no. I, but just yeah. some people are just kind of like stuck in one mode. You know, yeah. With these films, if you're not, if you're like a casual Star Trek fan, I'd say. Yes. Uh, so it is leaving Paramount Plus August thirty first. I also want to mention. Um, the Blu-ray is going to be released, though. I don't know if you saw the That's right. standard version and the complete adventure on September 6th. Uh, if you go on YouTube, Geek Time TV does a great job explaining that. So, oh, okay, good. Good to know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. So uh, I think, I don't know, boy, I think that um, the complete adventure is like 90 bucks. They are, I don't know. But we're, it comes with a lot of extras in it, though. Tons of stuff. Tons of, like, uh, mm-hmm. merchandise. From 1979, so it's it's pretty cool. That Bob Peak movie poster, though, boy, is that beautiful. It is, yeah, with the rainbow colors. It's it's been parodied. It's been it's 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 just it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite movie posters of all time. I remember because we were getting comic books during that era. It seemed like every comic book had, even if you look at Star Wars comics, they'll have the back on that back. It's one of the few t- sometimes you'll see Star Wars and Star Trek connected. I mean, they were they were hitting it hard with promoting this movie. Speaking of which, I'll say one thing right now is just popped in my head. Uh, our grandfather would smoke cigars, and he had Star Trek the motion pictures matches. That's right. That? You know They're what? Like, I want to look for that set of matches. I don't have that, and that's one of the things that's yeah. So they're really promoting this big. <laughs> So let's give you an example. Even on matches, right? Matchbooks. What a weird thing to to yeah. Are there any other movies that started making matchbooks? I mean, what? How random is that? It's just so weird. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. So they are with the grading, the thumbs way up, excellent. Thumbs way down, excellent. Obviously, it's in you know, pick anything in the middle. What do you give this? The, not the the original theatrical release. This. Director's edition. I'm gonna say because, and I never give five stars, but because of the fact that I was going into it anticipating being disappointed, saying, "Okay, it's just gonna be virtually the same thing cleaned up." You know, I'm not nine years old. I don't need special effects to be cleaned up or anything. That doesn't. But this whole story and the feel, the atmosphere, they were able to finally get the audio mix correct. The color correction correct that it actually is a full experience of what the movie should be. I'm giving it five five stars, thumbs up, excellent. Okay, so give it thumbs way up then, right? Way the way up. Top. Okay, way up. I give it thumbs up. It's still, I, I still think you could do a little bit of adjusting with the pacing, but it's still a great film overall. Yeah, and yeah, now and, and this new version is much more rewatchable compared to the oh know, it is yeah I mean, it very much just you actually want to go back and say well well damn now now i gotta rewatch something else on it because there's so much that i could see yeah i want to pay more attention to the background definitely definitely so before i i honestly would watch it nostalgia was half the reason why i watch it at time you do your rewatches you watch them all in order and like a friend of ours said i dreaded Rewatching, wait, getting to this point because I know I'd had to watch it, but now he looks forward to rewatching it. Oh, great, 
That's yeah. great. Okay, so Nayar, please tell everyone where to find you. And okay. All right, my wife and I have the Star Pod Trek podcast. You can find us anywhere you find podcasts, and we do everything in order. So we are still going through 1981, actually. What was going on in the world of Star Trek? In our next episode, we have Preston Neal Jones, who literally wrote the book about Star Trek, the motion picture. He will be a featured guest. And what a magical era of between the Star Trek, the motion picture and the Wrath of Khan. There was so much happening in the world of Star Trek, so much going on with the celebrities, with the writers, uh, because there was hope for more Trek. And you got to figure the decade before that, it, it, it looked kind of bleak, looked kind of bleak, yeah. uh, with the exception of the animated series and because there was so much going on back and forth between is there going to be a series is there going to be a telemovie it was fans were frustrated but by by 1981 we're realizing star trek's here to stay it was a financial success and it was a great time to be a trek fan definitely all right thank you and you are listening to shocking things find us on any of your podcasting platforms and as always, try and enjoy the daylight. Live long and prosper. Thrust us ahead, Mr. Sulu. Take us out. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy Shocking Things and want to support the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Radio, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Sharing the episodes you enjoy on social media also helps. To see more information pertaining to each episode, please go to our social media and interact with us. On Instagram, it's at shocking.things.podcast, on Twitter, at thingsshocking, and on Facebook, at shockingthingspodcast. Or go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub with the links to everything. Until next time, try and enjoy the daylight.